This is the School District Podcast. My name is Adam Welcome. This is the show where I have conversations with principals and superintendents and assistant superintendents and instructional coaches and school resource officers and pretty much anybody that works in a school district. I've been podcasting for over 10 years now in a, in a few different forms, and uh, I'm just super excited to uh, to be bringing these amazing conversations to you. Before we get started, uh, just a quick blurb. I have done, I've been so fortunate to speak and consult and give workshops and professional development in, I was making a list, California, Oregon, Montana, Utah, Arizona, Texas, Oklahoma, Kansas, Nebraska, Minnesota, Missouri, Louisiana, Mississippi, Tennessee, Georgia, Kentucky, Indiana, Ohio, Michigan, South Carolina, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, New York, Massachusetts, Vermont, and Maine. Also add Canada, Mexico, Central America, Brazil, the Caribbean, and uh, some virtual stuff for people over in the UK. And uh, this is the time right now. It's super busy for me booking uh, summer speaking, just kickoff keynotes, uh, end of July, August, basically every single day in August and uh, in early September. Also, those uh, those professional development days, I got a bunch of educational technology conferences booked. So if you're looking just for a keynote, half day, full day, I got a ton of breakout sessions to offer. I've given over 300 keynotes across the country over the last five years, reach out directly, adamwelcome at gmail.com or mradamwelcome.com backslash speaking. I'll put it in the show notes. Today on the show, my friend Dennis Griffin, elementary school principal in Wisconsin. This guy is not just a powerhouse educator. He's just an amazing human being. It took almost a year to get my schedule and Dennis's schedule lined up to record the episode. It was worth it. I hope you enjoy. This podcast has been, I think, like a year, literally 365 days in the making. I've been trying to get this, this leader on my podcast for so long. And the cool thing about Dennis Griffin is Dennis and I have never met in person, but we are, we are close friends. I mean, we text, we talk on the phone. Uh, I remember driving through, I think Ohio in a crazy rainstorm. And I was on the phone with you talking about just something. Uh, it's funny, those little things that you remember. And um, after probably 300 text messages back and forth, Dennis is a busy guy. I'm a busy guy. We finally found time to sit down and record a podcast. Dennis Griffin, welcome to the show. Good morning, Adam. I'm so grateful that I get to be here with you this morning. And you're right. Uh, we would schedule dates, then something would happen. Or um, we had the best of intentions and my schedule's busy, your schedule's busy. And I'll be honest, my schedule, it was always something that usually threw me off, but I'm just so grateful to call you a friend and to be here with you. And you've been an important part of my journey and my continued growth. And I appreciate you. I appreciate all those text messages, all those inspirational words that you always give uh, needed from time to time. So I, yeah, appreciate no. I appreciate you, man. And if everybody listening, if you're not following Dennis, do it right now at D, the letter D, the number four, 
and then Griffin, G-R-I-F-F-I-N, and then the number three. So D4 Griffin three, I'll put it in the show notes as well. Dennis, for the few people out there listening that don't know who you are, tell us about yourself, introduce yourself, give us some background. Uh, where do you live? What do you do currently? Just kind of give us the down low. Um, I'm from the state of Wisconsin. I'm currently the elementary principal of Brown Deer. Uh, I had the pleasure of serving as the interim director of curriculum and um, curriculum and teaching and curriculum teaching and learning for the past three months. Uh, my really good friend, uh, Mr. Willie Garrison, now Dr. Willie Garrison, just completed his dissertation. So I was happy to like step in and try to help and assist in that way. Um, on Twitter, uh, I'm also known as Batman, and that goes back to my last school where we had this uh, challenge about reading. And the first year, Adam, uh, my school didn't achieve the goal. So the second year, they were adamant that they were going to achieve this goal. And of course, we want to give choice. So the students came up with three choices. I could either sleep on top of a roof. Adam, I'm a little bit afraid of heights. Uh, they said, we can pick out your clothes. For a day, I was like, Adam, I like to coordinate a little bit too much for someone to like pick out my clothes. And then uh, they say, well, you can be Batman. So I said, hmm, that's interesting. So the last day of school, they crushed their goal. Uh, we had like a million minutes of reading outside of the school day. And I dressed up as Batman for the day, uh, wrote a blog about it that um, our good friend, Marlena Gross Taylor, uh, put out for me um, on Edge Gladiators as I work with them on a regular basis too. And the, the name just kind of stuck with me. So I'm like the Twitter Batman and the I enjoy that. The bow tie Batman. People can't yes. see it right now, but Dennis has a bow tie on. Uh, you and I have a lot of similar similarities. We both have the same haircut, nice, nice and close. Uh, you know, you got the goatee. I like to, I like to play with my facial hair. I've been shaving since I was like 15 and I just get so tired of shaving. I just let it grow. You know, I don't know about you. Um, but it's just uh, it's just easier. So, Dennis, what's the biggest challenge right now as a principal? I know that is a big, big loaded question. There's a lot going on in our world. There's a lot going on in education. But what do you feel is the biggest challenge right now for you? Um, the biggest challenge right now, and you, you're right, that is a loaded question because people are in a lot of different spaces. One of the greatest challenges that we face is bringing people together. Um, due to COVID, we're supposed to practice social distancing. And that term always was kind of uh, weird to me because we're social beings and how do you socially distance yourself from someone? Uh, I'm really against isolating people because when you isolate yourself, you carry a lot of burden on your own. And historically, that's what we've always tried to do in, in this um, mindset of, I can be strong because I can handle this burden but nothing great was ever done in isolation. We learn from one another. So about how we're isolating each other, we're severing relationships, we're severing our ability to learn and continue to grow, and we become more and more fragmented. And how do you continue continuously bring people together in this platform where they feel safe, where they can still feel supported, where they feel like they just don't have the weight of the world on their shoulders? Uh, that's, the, that's the hardest challenge right now because you also think about all the things that are happening in the real world. And there used to be this dynamic where you told two stories in schools of what's happening in the world. And even though you have your personal opinions about what's right and what's wrong, you're supposed to tell two sides. And there's a lot of things that are going on as our world continues to be 
more um, ingrained on the technological side that everybody has access to, especially our kids. And how are we guiding them through this process too when we're isolated and we don't want them to be isolated? And it's, it's weird, Adam, but we just gotta find a way to bring people together. Yeah, no, I'm with you on the, it's hard being like the whole distancing and just, you know, still with COVID and this whole Omicron thing. I mean, you know, like we're not, we're not out of it yet. And every state is handling it a little bit differently, you know, across the country, but um, it, it definitely is a challenge. So I, I'm curious, you know, as I was thinking a year ago, a question I might ask somebody is what would, what advice would you give to an aspiring leader? And maybe I'm off on this, but now I feel a question I'm going to ask you is, what would you say to people so they get into school leadership? Because I'm going to, I'm going to project, I think it's changed because I mean, education, you got school board meetings. I mean, there's a lot going on that, you know, we're not going to get into all the, all the different issues, but I think it's changed a little bit where. I know 15 years ago, I was like, gosh, I want to be a, I want to be an assistant principal. I want to be a principal. And I think it's changed a little bit where if I was talking to teachers, I would say, hey, this is why you should get into leadership. Are, do we have to talk people into getting into leadership a little bit different? I mean, has it changed? What would you say to people and why they should get into leadership? Um, Tony Dungy, uh, I forgot the name of the book, uh, but he- He, he was the coach of the, of the Colts, right? Football right. coach? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And he references this. He says- when you about leadership, it's going to happen in like one of three ways. Either you're going to walk into it, either you're going to be appointed to it, or you'll be, um, I think the last one was, um, oh, I can't remember the last one right now, Adam. Um, appointed is elected. So I'm kind of, there's three different points. I'll, I'll remember it in a little bit, I guarantee you. But the whole notion is like, there will never be avoiding leadership. There will never be a voice. Someone will always step in in some capacity. Someone's always going to look to someone else to really be in the mold to help lead others. Which way would you rather have it? Would you rather have be in that space that you really don't trust, that you really can't grow with and learn with and feel like you are a part of and you want to be empowered? Um, so like when I talk to people, I talk to people about the different gifts and talents that we have and that we, it is incumbent on us to share those gifts and talents if we're truly here to make this world a better place. Mm -hmm. And we all have that capacity and we all do it at different levels. But the more and more that we sit back and we allow things to happen that we don't agree with and we never say anything out of being um, congenial instead of collegial, nothing's ever going to change. Uh, Adam, we can have conversations all the time, the two of us, and I guarantee you we won't agree on everything, but there's a way for us to have these conversations where we push and challenge each other, which is one of the notions of leadership to help change the things that are happening around us. And we all look to a particular person, like this person is going to be our savior. That never existed. Mm. Leadership is always the culmination of all the intricate parts and all the intricate people that are prevalent in our world. Uh, a lot of time we talk about like, well, the system does this, Adam, and the system does that. Um, and Kenneth Blanchard stated, we define the system and then we allow the system to define us. Mm. And that's a really deep statement. So when people talk to me about systems now, conversation anymore, I say, 
let's talk about people. Replace the word systems with people because if there's a system in place that we don't like, Adam, Adam, we can change mm-hmm. it. But we're afraid of the ripple effects and the pushback that comes from it. So a lot of the talks that I have uh, with my staff members or people that I connect with is don't glorify leadership as this sunshine and rainbows scenario. It's not that at all. Mm-hmm. You're never going to make the perfect solution. And as a matter of fact, the solutions you create today, Adam, tell me your problems tomorrow. And that's what we're always going through the cycle of change. That's what we're always trying to get better. Mm-hmm. It's the core essence of you really, really think about it. And you make decisions based on the knowledge that you currently have. But I need you just as much as you need me. And more importantly, especially when you talk about like school leadership, Adam, who's going to be here for the next generation of kids? And we know there's a mass exodus in education right now. Um, it's a lot on everyone. And I get that. It's really, really hard. But Adam has always been really, really hard. Yeah. But you wouldn't be where you are today. Yeah. I wouldn't be where I am today if we didn't have teachers and principals leading the way that took the time to care about us. Could they teach us everything, Adam? No. Mm-hmm. You can't provide prepare every kid for the real world to the level that you want. But you can love me. You can help me make it through my mistakes. Every adult in every building can do that. And that in itself makes you a leader. So yeah. just step up to the mantle and the more we get to come together, we'll cultivate it. Yeah. Sorry, I mean, I, that was a long answer. No, 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 no. I, I, that's why I ask because I, I guess I just worry or I think about, you know, when I talk to teachers and like a year ago, two years ago, it may have been like, it, it, it may have been a different like, hey, you should become a principal. You should get into leadership. And now maybe it's just my own thought process where I don't want to have to convince people like, hey, can you get into leadership because we need good leaders? Um, and, you know, things go through cycles and stuff. And, um, you know, right now there's more going on. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot in the news, uh, depending on, on what you listen to and read. It's just, uh, you know, just something, something I think about. You know, one thing I know I've always, one thing I know that we've always been drawn together to you is whenever I get a voicemail from you, Dennis, or a Voxer message, it's always like, Adam. And, and that's how I am too. Like I'll text you like capital, all caps, Dennis with like 10 exclamations. And that's the message. It's just like Dennis. And, and that's it. And you just know, I, I can hear your voice. You can hear my voice. And I'm just wondering like, like, where does that come from? I mean, you know, when I was a principal, even if I had a bad morning, I'd get to school, I'd start seeing some kids and I'd be like, what's up? And I was just, I was just, I was excited. Uh, you know, where, where does that come from? Uh, is it just instinctual? Is it, uh, you know, is it with everybody? Uh, and you know what I'm talking about. It's like, right. Adam, you know, like, I'm like Dennis, I love it. Um, Adam, is okay, so here's the funny thing about that <laughs> energy. Um, originally, I don't know if I always had it. I feel like there's this, uh, I feel like it really is like a Batman situation where there's Dennis when I'm driving and I'm getting to work and I'm getting closer and I'm getting closer. And then the moment I get to work, I get out the car and like, okay, I put on my cape. And you want to inspire people. You want people to have fun around. You want people to be their best version of themselves. But how many times as adults do we come to work and we don't have fun? We don't be the best version of ourselves. So I'm going to be excited because I love what I do. And when you start to do it on a regular basis, Adam, and you're absolutely right about this, because when you say Adam and you put those uh, exclamation points behind it, it motivates me. 
because mm. I feel your excitement. And we don't understand the excitement that we let off could inspire somebody else. And Adam, it started like when I was teaching, because first thing in the morning, my kids would be asleep. And I'm loud, like, oh, I'm glad this, Mr. Griffin, can you please just quiet down? Mm. We're just waking up. But here's the funny thing that happened, Adam. On days where I didn't have that energy, where I was low and I was mundane because I also go through things. Mm -hmm. My students would say to me, you're not the same. Mm. Wrong. And in the middle of class, I'll say, all right, everyone, two minute break, get your wiggles out. I'm gonna go become who you expect me to be. So a lot of my energy didn't come just from me. It came because other people needed that energy for me. And as a principal, I carried that with me because we live in a world, Adam, where people expect you to tell them the negative things about them and not the positive things. Mm -hmm. I run into more conflict. I'm quite sure you've done, had this happen to you where someone asking you like, are you genuine? Is this your natural energy? And yeah. um, No, I get it. I, I, I agree with that too. I've had that before. Like, why are you always so happy and positive? Right. Mm -hmm. Like, but why, why are you not happy? Yep. I woke yep. up this morning. Mm -hmm. My family is healthy. Mm -hmm. I get the opportunity to work with kids and adults to change. Their, what reason do I have to be down? And more importantly, have you ever worked with someone that's like down and always in the dumps? You don't mm -hmm. want to be around them. See, yeah. I want that energy that gravitates people to me so that yeah. when they go out, they can have, they can gravitate more people to them. It's a chain reaction. No, I agree. I agree. I don't listen to country music. I, I just don't. I never grew up on country, but there's one song I really like, and it's by Travis Tritt. And the song is It's a Great Day to Be Alive. And right when COVID happened a couple of years ago, I started playing that for my kids. And sometimes, you know, my kids have a bad day and they'll say, Dad, put on It's a Great Day to Be Alive. And it is. It's just a really simple reminder in a kind of an older country song that it's a great day to be alive. Now, I'm I'm curious. I, I struggle with the word balance. I, I, I've never really liked the word balance. I think it's a really hard uh, thing to achieve. So I, I more think about barriers. And like, how do you prioritize being a principal? I mean, on your Twitter, it says family first, you know, having a family and, uh, and doing all the things that you do without working 80 hours a week, which is not sustainable. And and uh, and still being happy and healthy and positive, um, you know, what is your approach to having a family and having a demanding job and and, and doing all those things, Dennis? I'm very fortunate. Um, I have a really good support system, and Adam, I'll be honest, I haven't always been the best at. It. I'm getting better even as we speak now, uh, especially in the midst of COVID, because you try to be so much to so many other people, and it's an area that I constantly strive to get better at. And when I hear people say balance, I have some good friends that talk about balance all the time and I, and I take nuggets from them. But sometimes to achieve certain goals, you have to live out of balance for a little while. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that my um, mom and dad taught me, they said, it's not always about the quantity of time that you spend with people. It's the quality of time. So I put a more I put more emphasis on the quality of the time of my interaction with people than the amount of time because if we're just sitting here right now you're on your cell phone and I'm on my cell phone yeah we spent time together but it wasn't quality but like this moment like I'm on the podcast with Adam right now I'm gonna remember that like this is a quality moment for me so for me the balance really is based around what is the quality of all of my interactions.
Yeah, I get it. That's a good measuring stick. I've never really actually thought about it that way. I mean, I've heard the saying, obviously, quality over quantity. Um, but when you break it down into kind of that granular level in your life with different things, I think it really makes sense. Uh, Dennis, we love talking about books on this podcast. Do you have a book, a leadership book, or just a book in general that you've read that maybe has changed your viewpoint? on being a school leader or your approach? I mean, it doesn't need to obviously um, be education-based. Give, give us a book recommendation. Um, so the book that got me through a lot in my um, early principal life was Adaptive Leadership um, by Heifetz. But the book that had a tremendous impact in regards to how I think about collaborative teams was the five dysfunctions of a team. And that was like one of the most Patrick Lencioni. books mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that I've ever read. Uh, so much so anybody that I meet that hasn't read that book, I try to gift it to them. Any new leader that I meet that is in our work, you haven't read this book? It's a quick read. Here you go. And I still have my original copy where I've um, have all the highlightings and the markings and it's just an interesting dynamic of how you can tell a story through a fable but at the implications of leadership are so large yeah the interesting thing about that book is that book came out in 2002 I mean that was like a long time ago right I mean what 20 years ago that book came out it's got over 5,000 ratings on uh, on Amazon. And I think it's still like a top seller. And I agree with you. I read that book years and years ago. I've gifted that book many, many times. Uh, quick story, Patrick actually lives like a town away from me. Uh, his headquarters is actually in the town where I live, where he has his company. And I was on a run a couple of years ago and I saw him pulled over on the side of the road. I think he'd gotten into a fender bender and I looked and I'm like, that's Patrick Lencioni. And I wanted to go back and say something and say hello, but he was like, yeah, they were like swapping uh, insurance cards. So I didn't, uh, I didn't want to, he's got a great podcast too. It's called the table group. Um, hmm. If you don't know about his podcast, you can just go to Am uh, Google or Amazon or iTunes or whatever and, and check out his podcast. So uh, I want to know, what do you think about mentors in your life, Dennis? Uh, I, I know that you know mentors are important. I bring that up because as a veteran leader, you know, you have a lot of experience. I know you have a lot of people in your ecosystem. And I don't think I think mentorship is changing and it's changed. And I don't know if like new leaders or people that are maybe more isolated in rural, rural areas really like have that mentorship. So what does having a mentor, being a mentor mean to you? And if somebody was looking to get a mentor, what would you suggest to them uh, as a way to go find somebody to be a mentor? Um, one of the reasons I think like the whole mentorship has changed, Adam, um, we live in a world that's very competitive. And like when you come in and you see people that you're around that are doing so many great things, you're like, I wanna be part of that right away. And you have your talents and your gifts and you think you could just move forward and make things happen, but they have experience. And I had to learn myself, it doesn't matter about my talent level, my skill level, I can't beat experience. And the only way that I could like move that needle if I really wanted to move it was to learn how to listen to others. And you have to be intentional with your listening and with your questioning if you really want to develop in this area. And like some of my greatest mentors aren't even in education. But 
I had to learn how to just simply listen because people have different insights that they can give you in regards to how to interact with people, how to build teams, how to navigate the course of your life. And I'm fortunate, Adam, that I did experience Twitter and that I am able to connect with you and so many others when I have a problem. But that also requires you to be your authentic self and to be vulnerable. Um, one of the reasons that we connected is that we were, we're authentic. Uh, we were both in Jody Pierpoint's uh, Voxer group, and I was putting some things in there. And, you know, uh, we had connected on Twitter already, but then, man, you had like a side conversation, and I asked you genuine questions when we first connected. Like, you could tell I was trying to learn from you. And because of that, we were able to connect. And the irony is, Adam, when someone calls me their mentor, I don't even know how to respond because I don't feel I've reached the level where I can say I'm someone else's mentor. I prefer to say I'm just your colleague and we learn together, but you have authentic self. You have to be vulnerable. You have to be willing to say, hey, I don't know, but I'm trying to get better. And that's how people will connect with you. But if you come off as a know-it-all all the time and that you can't listen, it won't work for you. Yeah, no, I could not agree more. That is just like golden, golden advice, Dennis. You got to be authentic. And I think first off, you got to put yourself out there. I mean, you can't just like, it's like, if you're single, like you can't just stay at home. You got to go out and meet people and do groups or go to the bar. I mean, whatever you want to do, if you want to meet somebody and the same thing is for finding a mentor and building that professional learning network and just that group of people that, that I mean, like, you know, if you have something going on at your school, you can just call my cell phone and say, Hey, Adam, I got something going on can I run it by you um, and like mm -hmm. again like we've never met in person but we know each other uh, I mean I've done the job that you're doing and uh, that just and I'm not your mentor we're just colleagues and we're friends you know and that's a really really important relationship as well too because it may start off as a mentor mentee ish relationship but as you grow it it becomes equals or colleagues or however you want to define it um, but being that authentic self is so important. Dennis, part of this podcast is amplifying the, the voices of my guests. So I'm just going to pass the microphone over to you. What would you like to say to all the school leaders and aspiring leaders and educators that listen to this podcast? The thing that you need to remember most is that you're making a difference and you might not see it right away. And that's the hard part about education, to be quite honest with you. Um, in any other industry, we're producing something, and by Friday, I can tell you if I met my goal or not. But here's the reality. When you're dealing with kids, you might not see the fruit of your labor for another 10, 15, maybe even 20 years. And you have to have enough confidence in yourself that you know you're doing what's right that's going to impact another child's life. Each and every day, parents are giving us their most prized possession. How can I not be excited about that at all? How could I not know that the next doctor, the next lawyer, everybody is coming through our school doors. We're creating those opportunities. And that's why I get so excited, Adam. Like, yes, I'm on break, but I'm already thinking about what we're going to do when we get back to school. And remember, and Adam, you just alluded to this because I have picked up the phone and called you. I have had rough moments. I'm like, Adam, can I just like run something by you because I'm struggling? You can't do this alone. You absolutely cannot. And that's where the balanced conversation comes in. People that try to do all of this work alone, Adam, they struggle mm -hmm. because you can't. You have to have somebody that you can lean on. I'm glad I can lean on you. Even when I was the interim director, there were several people I could pick up the phone and say, hey, I have no idea what I'm doing in this area. Can you help me out? 
Yeah. They help you. Yeah. There's if you, if you feel out. like, if you feel like you're on admin, if you're on leadership Island right now, as you're listening to this, then get a post-it note out and write down D4 Griffin three, write down Mr. Adam, welcome, you know, connect with us on social media and then see the people that we interact with and connect with and just start putting yourself out there to build those connections. I mean, because our connection connected relationship goes back, I don't know, five, six, seven years. It goes back years. And I mean, it's, and it takes time to build those relationships, but, but you have to put yourself out there. Dennis, you're somebody that I've wanted on the podcast again for like over a year. So uh, thank you, my friend, for taking the time. Thank you for all the positivity that you just effuse. I know at your school and then out to all the people that are connected with you. Uh, in other ways on social media, uh, you are a gift to education. You're just a gift as a human being. And uh, I'm just proud to call you my friend. Um, and I appreciate your time coming on the podcast. I would do anything for you, Adam. I look forward to collaborating with you in other ways in the future. I'm telling you it's coming. Um, and oh, teachers, you do deserve it. Adam has this great book called Teachers Deserve It. It's out there. I'm even a guest writer in there. Like. He does so much amazing work. Like, Adam, I can't appreciate you and your leadership and the voice you have and the voice that you give myself and so many others. Thank you. Thank you, Dennis. Everyone listening, thanks for all you do and have an amazing day.